Welcome to Awkwards Anonymous, the podcast where two sisters stricken with the disease to please share their experiences and opinions while making a conscious effort to be unapologetically honest. Sorry if anything we say offends you. Oh, shoot. I'm not supposed to say that. Come on, Missy. Hello, Chrissy. Hello, Missy. (laughs) How are you this week? I'm pretty good. It's been a busy week. Um, but before I dive into my week, did anything happen with you? I feel like I'm going to talk for a long time. Hmm. <laughs> no, other than chores, there's really nothing new in my life. I live a pretty dull life. Well, you know what could spice your life up? Is if you got a bunch of birds. <laughs> <laughs> well... We can only have one of us getting all the birds. (laughs) All the birds. I think we've mentioned before in previous episodes that I have birds. I think that they have even spoken to you guys. Yeah. Voiced their displeasure that we're not paying attention to them and that we're doing this instead. (laughs) And, well, I went to go get their beaks and their nails trimmed. That sounds really pleasant. Well, I had three birds in the car, which that's never really pleasant. Birds don't travel well. <laughs> Do they travel like cats? <laughs> they they travel like cats. It's very nerve-wracking. All but one of the birds can fly. It's just very stressful. And also, they get stressed out. Like, my one bird gets car sick, so he's throwing up in the car the whole time, and it makes oh, me feel really bad. Bird barf. <laughs> Even that sounds adorable. (laughs) Little birdie barf. Bird barf. All of the birds that I have are rescues. And the woman that I go to to get their nails and their beaks trimmed is the one that has the rescue. It all happens so fast, you guys. It just, (laughs) it all happens so fast. She has a little salon. And in her salon, she has this, like, giant, it looks like a giant curio cabinet with no shelves that she's turned into an aviary, basically. And she had all these birds in there, and she told me that she was going to be closing her rescue just because life had gotten crazy for her. You know, she had to make a choice, and that was just something that she had to give up. So she's trying to find find homes for all these birds. And there's, like, 16 birds in this curio cabinet. Now, I didn't get all 16 birds, okay? I didn't do that. But naturally, I saw... At least some of the birds. <laughs> and thought, well, I'm going to take them home. <laughs> You're mine now. So I go in with all with all three of my birds. And then the next day I go back for another. And then the next day I go back for another. Now, the fifth bird <laughs> is not for me. He is for our parents. Um, I kind of was like telling everybody the sob story, like trying to convince them to adopt birds. (laughs) I'm a big bird advocate. This bird that I picked up, his story is, is really sad and you know, he needs, he needs a good home. And so we've mentioned before in episodes prior that we're also animal lovers. Don't, don't get confused when we say, you know, we've had so many pets die. (laughs) I think... That was basically my week, was just birds, birds, birds. Uh, I also have a very small house, and each bird comes with its own cage when you book it with the adoption fee. 
at this point, I have more cages than I have birds. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it's also really dangerous because I'm seeing these empty cages and I need them to be filled. It doesn't even matter. They don't even live in the cages. Y'all, she doesn't, the, the birds don't use the cages. <laughs> They're just these expensive, ornate perches that they all use. I've never seen a bird in a cage here. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, that's true because some of the cages are bigger than others. And I basically, even when I'm not home, all the birds just are flying all over the house. The house is their cage. She has a bird on her shoulder right now. Yeah. Just so you guys know. <laughs> it's one of the new ones. The other thing that happened this week is I am kind of trying to start this little, not a full-fledged small business, but just a little side a little side gig. I really enjoy baking, and I'm kind of like, well, I might as well make money if I'm going to bake, you know, if I'm going to make cupcakes for people's birthday parties or baby showers. Why not make a little extra cash on the side? The problem with that is that right now the only people who are asking me to do that are people that I know or that I'm close to. When they ask me to do that, my response is automatically, yes, absolutely. I would, I would love to. And then they say, well, how much? And I go, uh, nothing. (laughs) It's already awkward. Like if someone owes you money, Like, if you let someone borrow money, pretty much you never ask for that money back again. Right. Because it's awkward. I guess my fear is that they they ask me, well, how much much can I pay you? And I give them a number and then be like, well, that's a lot more than what I was planning on spending. But I already told her. Right. And the other issue is I am not the kind of person who buys artisanal anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I don't buy fancy things. If I was going to go, if I didn't make my own cupcakes, I would probably go to Kroger and pick up cupcakes for 10 bucks. Right. I wouldn't go to a cupcake boutique and spend $3 a cupcake for a dozen cupcakes. But you put a lot of work into them. They're handmade. I just have to get over the fact that this It is what it is. And when people ask me, well, how much? Well, that's how much. That's how much it is. That's the time that it takes. So that's, you know, they're small batch. So it's not like I buy everything in bulk, even though at this point I really should just start shopping at Costco. I totally understand. I knit and crochet. And again, same as you. It's not like how I make my money. It's just something that I do on the side And I have all these things that I've made and I'm like, well, what else would I do with them? I either gift it or I put it up for sale. And it's the same thing. It's frustrating because A, it's hard to put a price on doing something that you'd be doing anyway and that you love to do. Right. And B, we always look at things through our eyes, which is, well, I wouldn't pay $5 for a cupcake, but that's not really relevant. People do. People do pay extra and it is worth something to people to know that it was homemade in a small batch with love and the details and quality ingredients 
and that has value, but we just sort of, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what's broken in us. And I don't think that we're alone, that it just sometimes feels like, well, if I'm doing it, it, it probably doesn't have that much value to people. Just, you know, it, it's, it's fine. It, just take it. I don't care. Yeah. It's not worth anything. I feel like I would be that way with a stranger. And then when you add in a close friend or family member, my, my feeling is genuinely like, no, just ask me to do it and I'll do it for you. I don't care what it is that you want. It would bring me so much more joy, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for, to just do it for you right. rather than have to mar the good experience of baking and feeling like, ooh, yay, I'm making something that they like with, well, pay me my money. Yeah, especially <laughs> when it comes to friends and family. You're like, well, my payment is just seeing that you're enjoying something that I did and yeah. making you happy in some way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if either of us ever did want to make any sort of real go at even having a side air quotes business, we have, we'd have to get over that. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think that that's really a very unique feeling, but I do think that as an awkward, it's definitely emphasized mm-hmm. and a little bit more difficult to overcome mm-hmm. because I don't want to come off like, well, anybody who has a business and a successful business just thinks that they're all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> no, I'm sure that those feelings were there too. <laughs> they just were a little bit more business minded and able to see and deservedly so see the value and the worth and and what they have to provide. Yeah. We just need to work on it a little bit. So anyway, That was my story for the week. As we've been talking, not putting anyone in boxes, but we've been talking about hobbies that probably are more geared toward women. They're probably hobbies that more women pick up than men. Traditionally, yeah. Traditionally. But I just want to say, not every woman should be in the kitchen or is in the kitchen, and not every woman is knitting (laughs) baby booties on the couch. (laughs) And that's what I want to talk about today is just awkwardness specific to women. Yeah, we're not sitting here trying to be bra burners. No. But there are just some, there are just some awkward facts Mm -hmm. about being a woman (laughs) in social situations. (laughs) I can knit and crochet, but I'm so fickle. Like, I'm just going to say it right here and right now. I am the most flippy, floppy kind of female you will ever meet. I want to be treated with respect. I want to be treated as an equal. I want to have the same opportunities as men. But damn it, I also want my husband to open the door for me. Yeah. I also want to be treated like a baby when I'm feeling down. I want to be, you know, held and rocked when, I, when I'm when i feeling emotional. <laughs> we were just talking about Outlander in one of our other episodes. Mm. There's an episode where he, like, flat out spanks her for, for disobeying. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she deserved that. She was really naughty. And I'm glad that somebody had the <laughs> balls to put her in her place. And I don't even mean, like, in a sexual, like, ooh, I like spanking way. If you've seen it, you'd realize, I don't know. I, 
It's literally just spanking. We're not talking about beating her. I'm not going to apologize for liking that episode. Yeah. You don't have to like it. Boycott Outlander. I don't give a shit. Don't watch it. I love that episode. I agree. Okay? So all I'm saying is, on the one hand, if my husband laid one finger on me, I would cut his dick off in the middle of the night. No, I wouldn't even wait till the middle of the night. I would literally just chase him down. Well, he's a lot faster than me. I would figure out a way to punish him royally. I would just have to outsmart him first. Yeah. Which I could obviously do. You could do that so easily. Anyway, my point is, if I, I am, I'm on both sides of the fence, and I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same exact way. Only there are other episodes that I'm just like, yeah, I hope that she gets put in a really precarious situation. <laughs> like, yeah. You guys, again, if you haven't seen Outlander, freaking watch it. It's amazing. But this poor woman. Basically, the entire first season, everybody wants to rape her. Mm-hmm. Everybody tries to rape her. And I'm not, obviously, I am not like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I like, <laughs> I like watching people <laughs> almost get raped. I don't like it. What I like is that she's constantly this damsel in distress that Jamie has to rescue. Yeah. It's kind of, it, it kind of goes back to that fickle, like, I want to be, I am a strong woman. We are women. What that means is we mean it. <laughs> right. That's from Portlandia. If any of you haven't watched Portlandia, watch Portlandia as well. What was I even saying? Yeah. Oh, yes. So I'm a strong woman. I don't want to be dependent on any man. But I also kind of want to almost get raped and have someone save me. <laughs> I said almost. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Jamie, like, exacts revenge on the people that almost do that to her. Or she exacts revenge on her own. Basically, all the men who try to rape her get their come up <laughs> Right. So before I went on that tangent about being a flip-flopper feminist, which I'm not a feminist at all. Not really. I mean, other yeah. than the fact that I think that things should just generally be equal, I still feel pretty strongly that we're equal but we're still different and I don't think that we should pretend that we're not different. Anyway, I'm going on a little tangent right now. All I'm saying is I do knit and I do crochet, but this one time <laughs> <laughs> we have come full circle. <laughs> but at the same time, I was out with my husband one day and he was looking for like some sort of carrying receptacle type thing for playing airsoft. Mhm. To carry, I don't know, his his equipment or his gun. His BBs. I, his BBs. I have no idea. It was something to carry something. A bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we went to an army surplus supply store and this crotchety old guy was there. And my husband asked, hey, do you have this bag thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy was like, you weren't in the army, were you? <laughs> Yeah, he, my husband might not have said bag thing. <laughs> and the guy was like, well, no, I don't think so. But why don't you just have her sew you one? I was younger at the time. And I think I just sort of felt like I needed to be offended by it. I look at it now and I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate that you believe that I have that skill. But back when he said it, I was just so, so offended. And I, I, I like 
cross my arms in front of me like typical bitchy woman (laughs) marched out of the store. It's just an example of everything that we're talking about right now. Like, I just, I can't decide where I stand on the spectrum. Yeah. So something that comes to my mind that happened not so long ago that's kind of similar to your situation where you're in, you're in an environment that's very masculine. You know, you were in an army surplus store with this crotchety old guy who's probably like, does, doesn't even know that women are in the army. <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend is kind of a, he's kind of a gun nut. He just likes to go look at them and he just thinks they're pretty and he <laughs> likes to collect them. <laughs> but I hate going into gun stores with him because not that it's because I don't, I mind being there and looking, but I just have so much anxiety about being spoken to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Last year, I got my concealed carry and I purchased a gun. And, you know, my boyfriend will be looking and one of the employees will come up and ask if he can help with anything. In my mind, I'm like, please just don't make eye contact with me. Please don't make eye contact with me. Please don't make eye contact with me. And a handful of times, they've made eye contact with me, and they're, they'll be, like, joking, like, well, huh, you need a gun. You need to be able to protect yourself. And I'll be like, oh, you know, I, I do. And then they ask me the dreaded question of what kind. Hmm. And I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every time someone asks me, I always look at my boyfriend like, I have a this? Is that accurate? <laughs> You know, it's the same thing that that happens whenever you go into, like, an auto zone or something like that. They'll ask me, well, well, how many cylinders is your car? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Go look out there and just see for yourself. I don't know how many cylinders I have. I don't even know what year my car is, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Well, just talking about all of that stuff, like, it sounds so cliche. Well, oh, I don't know about guns. I don't know about cars. I don't know about... But what the Baggy thing is, is, I don't want you to assume that I don't know that. Yeah, it just underscores how incredibly fickle we are. Yes. In the world, when you look at women as a whole painting broad strokes, it just feels like women, who we hear from at least, are just so very sure of how we should be treated and how they want to be treated and what is right and what is wrong and what should be expected And exactly how everyone should act and feel. And I'm like, am I the only one who's still, who still feels like the jury's out on that? It all comes down to respect and intention. Mm -hmm. But like you said, you, you would be annoyed if you went into a gun store or a car, car shoppy place. (laughs) (laughs) A place where there are, car thing (laughs) (laughs) you'd be annoyed if you went in and you were ignored because you were female but then but then again you just described your anxiety because you recognize that's not a forte of yours but you don't really want to be put into a situation where your knowledge is put to the test yeah because you realize that you don't have any knowledge right and i mean i even recognize in myself it's silly for me to be embarrassed or have anxiety about people asking me a question that I don't know the answer to 
It's okay if I don't know anything about cars. It's okay if I don't know anything about guns. And I can't even really say that I'm offended when someone comes up to me and is like, you don't know what you're doing, do you? I'm just flat out embarrassed. You know what I mean? Yes. Let me make a distinction. For me, I think this is what is the most annoying is you go into a gun shop as a female who legitimately doesn't really know that much about guns. You go in and you are feeling pressure that either A, you don't know all about it and you should, or B, well, you wouldn't anyway because you're a woman, right? Mm -hmm. So flip that and let's say a man goes in to a yarn shop who just happens to not be a guy who knits and crochets. And by the way, there are plenty. When he goes into the yarn shop and the yarn store owner says, hey, what are you looking for? Or hey, what do you like to knit with? The reaction from the guy probably isn't going to be embarrassment. Like, I know I probably should know this, but I don't. And, you know, that makes me feel uncomfortable. It's, I don't know. I don't get into that crap. That's for women. Mm-hmm. There's a difference there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like a man, again, not painting broad strokes, but in general, I don't feel like a man would go into a yarn shop and be intimidated and feel somewhat embarrassed and be like, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, don't talk to me, because yeah. they don't know. Yeah. There, there'd almost be a sense of pride that they don't know. That makes that makes sense. Maybe there aren't as many women out there as I thought that there were who feel this way. And if you don't, good for you, girl. I'm glad that you're not, that you can just... You know what walk, you know? You know you what don't you know. know what you don't know? That's that. Who gives yeah. a shit? I think part of it is, if we are going to talk po- uh, current culture right now, is that there is a lot of pressure to, like elevate women Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but to, you know, have the same expectations across the board between men and women. But notice I use the word elevate, meaning that somehow there's this perception that women need to be, need to rise Mm -hmm. to this level that men are at. While that may be true, if you're talking about like salary, yes, numbers, go up. (laughs) Right. But not when it comes to skill sets and careers and vocations. Even the mindset that, well, a woman would rise to the occasion and start learning about cars and guns. Well, why don't men rise to the occasion and learn how to make clothes and rear children and cook? And by the way... Many men do those things. Many women work on cars and know guns very well. And I'm not going to say it anymore. I'm going to speak in broad strokes, but I don't mean that everybody is all one way or the other. Right. I'm just telling you how I feel. Take it or leave it. And we're going to try to not disclaim ourselves anymore, but I doubt that we won't. I just don't want there... The only reason I keep mentioning it is because I don't want there to be an unnecessary hubbub because people don't understand what it is that I'm really trying to say. Speaking of getting offended, the other thing that I feel that gets projected on me all the time, especially working in a predominantly male field, is men always think 
They're offending me. They constantly are apologizing. No matter what they say and no matter how not offensive it is, they're always like, well, oh, I'm sorry if that, I'm sorry if that offended you or I didn't, I don't mean this to be offensive, but I really like bagels. You know what I mean? It's just like, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Why did you, and it just, it's so sad that. Kind of just how we've been trained to be like, well, you know. I know that I should be rising to the occasion. Men, men are sort of being trained. I, I know I'm a piece of shit. I, I, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend you, but I do like bagels. I feel bad for, in the same way that we feel as awkwards, like we're constantly having to like clean up after ourselves. Like we're constantly shitting all over the floor. <laughs> I feel like men are sort of being trained to feel that way. And it's just so sad. It's, it's usually the men that don't need to feel that exactly. way. Exactly. There are plenty of men that need to apologize all the time and never will. But for me in particular, the guys that I know that are constantly apologizing, I'm like, you can you can relax, man. Like yeah. I know who you are. I know what you mean. And even if you did say something offensive, again, I take you at your meaning and I know that you aren't saying something to purposely be offensive. Maybe you worded it the wrong way. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like a personal relationship deserves a little bit of consideration when you're talking about offending people. But then at the same time, you were right on target when you said this. The men (laughs) that really should be watching their mouths are the ones that think, Everything they say is funny, they can do no wrong, they can say no wrong, and are constantly saying things that are just right there on the edge. And the thing that annoys me, I think, in that context is, it's sort of like, it doesn't matter what you say, the one with the most charisma gets the most leeway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that it, if you have the charisma, you can basically get away with murder. But there are even some some people where they don't have charisma and they still say whatever the fuck they want and they get away with it. And it's like, do you listen to what you say? Yeah. Okay, so let's leave the topic of offended, being offended. Are you offended? Am I offended? Were they offended? Did they offend me? Was that offensive? Was that offensive? Another really aw- awkward topic is just the whole flirting Not wanting to be flirted with. Wanting to be flirted with and not getting flirted with. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen in the workplace where you felt uncomfortable? I feel like there are so many women out there who have all these horrible stories about how their bosses or their co-workers, their male male co-workers. Male co-workers. Their male co-workers. Male. (laughs) Male. Their their male co-workers have made them very uncomfortable. So let me tell you how I feel like an outlier with all of this is when I see movies or watch TV or hear stories about women who were put in awkward situations because men just would not leave them alone, that is like not me. I feel like people have said edgy kind of potentially offensive things to me based on our previous conversation Mm -hmm. but as far as a flirting and showing like interest in me Mm -hmm. there's just a wall there I don't feel like I've like I can't even believe that I'm married and I'm glad that I grabbed one in high school because 
every relationship that I have ever had in the workplace has been on the up and up, and I just don't feel like there's ever been any kind of attempt. <laughs> I think, honestly, more than them generally being polite, it's me exuding this fuck off, I'm taken attitude. Like, I just don't, I don't have that bone in my body that is flirtatious. I don't know. I just, it doesn't ever cross my mind Mm -hmm. to be that way, to be like, oh, well, you know, I want to attract you somehow. (laughs) We use the resting bitch face term on our team all the time because I just, if you looked up that term on Urban Dictionary, there is a picture of me. (laughs) I can confirm. (laughs) I can Can confirm. confirm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I know you well enough. That I know that's just your face. <laughs> it's just my bitchy face. <laughs> but it has to get annoying for you, for people to constantly be like, why are you so mad? What? <laughs> yeah, they what's, all just... What's wrong? Tiptoe like, around me and I have no idea why. <laughs> you know what it reminds me? That's why me? I had to be the one that has all the candy and snacks at my desk. That's, because it's yes. the only way to attract people near me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now you can have resting bitch face in the comfort of your own home. <laughs> So anyway, what about you? I feel like you've probably got some juicy. You're because she's so beautiful. She's no, just so beautiful guys. <laughs> no, people would not be able to help. They will never get the stiff leg image out of their head. <laughs> um, you know my my experience is a little bit closer to yours. I mean, like like you said, you watch shows on TV, you hear stories, and you're just like, oh my gosh. These poor women. There was one time, however, I was working for a small business. And when I say small business, there was like the person who owned the business and me and someone else. And he did have people who were like out in the field and stuff doing stuff, but no one was in the office. There was one day where I came into the office and I was like, you know what? I never get to dress up. I'm going to dress up in a professional, I'm going to wear something other than jeans today. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I came in early and I was, I ate a snack at my desk and he comes in and just out of the blue, he like walks up to me and is like, oh, you have something on your face and puts his fingers on my lips to brush whatever he thought was there. Off. Ugh. And I'm like... Don't be touching me. Yeah. A, when you're in the workplace, there are very specific, appropriate ways to touch each other, and that is not one of them. Yeah. You do not go around to your coworkers or your subordinates and start touching their lips. Your much (laughs) younger female subordinates. Yes. So I kind of just like jerked back because I'm like... A, someone's hand is in my face, and I didn't expect their hand to be in my face. And also, I was just like, why did you just touch my lips? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he kind of, like, pulls back, and you can tell he was kind of backpedaling a little bit. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I can do that because I have kids. What the fuck is that even supposed to mean? Like, uh, no, you can't. No. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I'm sorry, that's weird. Like, That's another one of those examples where, like, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around 
doing something like that, even accidentally, because I'm so backward. Yeah. Like, can I say that if I can't, if I saw somebody with something on their lip, I would be so backward, I would probably ignore it. We mentioned this in one of our previous episodes that I would probably just avert my eyes away from it because I mm-hmm. am so awkward and backward, much less reach out and touch that person. Right. And I mean, now that I'm thinking about it more, one of my best friends that I work with will go for walks. You know, we walk side by side, and even if our hands touched, we'd go, oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. And we're just, close. Yeah, that's just... So, going up to someone that you really don't know that well, who's much younger than you, who works for you, and touching your, their lips, I'm, that there is no there is no way that you can justify that being as appropriate. Also, he dated every other woman that worked there. Again, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, oh, I was sexually harassed. I think that he was just kind of Well, off. this isn't sexually harassed anonymous. This is Awkward's Anonymous, and that was freaking awkward. It was awkward. <laughs> exactly. I really don't have any kind of similar experiences like that. Luckily, the people that I have worked with have been <laughs> just normal, like the way they, that they should be. It's not a thing. There's not any awkwardness. When yeah. I was younger in college, I I think probably I could come up with a couple of people that didn't necessarily behave very professionally in the workplace, but as an adult, not so much. To the point where I feel like I have more stories about men overtly attempting to ignore me <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> acting like they had any interest at all, attraction or otherwise. Right. What frustrates me about all of that is I can be friends with a man or a woman all the same. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's a novel idea. Right. But I feel like, especially in college, my experience over and over again was if I can't fuck you, I want nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like, I, I had, like, a few people who would show interest that I thought was interest as a friend, and I was dating my husband at the time, and I just don't play those games, so I would just mention him. You know, I would be texting back and forth with somebody that gave me their number in class, and it would come up naturally, and I'd be like, oh, that's what my boyfriend thinks, or my boyfriend thinks I should this or that, or well, I gotta go, I'm having dinner with my boyfriend or whatever. And I I literally would not hear from them again. Yeah. And in class, to see them the next day, they wouldn't even make eye contact. Yeah. And it just pisses me off so much. Right. Even thinking about it now, it just makes me so mad. I guess also looking back, I should be thankful. Like if that's what you're looking for, And you're going to be so much of a dick as a human being to treat people that way. Right. Just because you know that there can't or shouldn't be anything further than friendship. And you're going to act like that. Well, I don't really want to be your friend anyway. But it just infuriates me. And I know I said college. So I'm sure there's a maturity level there. There's some some maturity missing. (laughs) I mean, college students aren't that young. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even high school, I can give you a little bit of a pass. But I was mature enough in college to be able to say, well, I can be your friend. That doesn't mean that we 
you know, I'm going to... It doesn't mean that we're DTF. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah. Well, I don't even think that it's a maturity thing. Because even now, in my late 20s, my boyfriend's friends and, you know, his brother's friends, I just feel like... Anytime I see them, anytime we're in a group together, the majority of them won't even make eye contact with me. Yeah. You know, and I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm hip. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have something to offer. Just because they look at you doesn't mean that your boyfriend is going to come over and like beat them up. Like right. there's nothing wrong with being, f- why can, in this case, these men not find some line somewhere between pretending you don't exist and trying to make you cheat on your boyfriend. Like, I don't understand. Well, and in their case, I don't even think that it's that. I don't even think that they look at me and they're like, oh, I want to fuck her, but I can't, so I'm going to not look at her. Well, not that they're thinking that, but that they might be worried that anything that they do could be, could make you think that. Right. Or make your boyfriend think that. It verges on this point of being so rude. It is. It's rude, yes. if we're in a group, and I'm not saying that all of his friends are like this, obviously, but there's a, there's a couple in my mind that I'm like, you know, I'm a person too. You know, I might have things to say that y- you, you would find of interest. Mm-hmm. It is like I am a ghost when they are around, and they will only look at my boyfriend Mm-hmm. And they will only talk to him, and they will only talk about things that pertain to them. Mm-hmm. Video games or video games. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's just so annoying. Just because I don't love video games, I mean, really, I fucking hate video games, and I wish that they would die. <laughs> I know it's probably an unpopular opinion, but just because I don't like that, you know, doesn't mean you can't talk to me. It's kind of like... We're coming full circle here. Just because I don't know about guns and just because I don't know about cars doesn't mean you can't talk to me. Doesn't mean you can't treat me like a person. Right. And I shouldn't have to feel embarrassed or pressured to to be like, oh, well, you know, maybe I should bone up on what, what new video games are coming out. Yeah, no, I I totally and completely agree. I have been treated the same by some people in my, my husband's circle. He... Is lucky enough to have many friends who are very respectful to me and do treat me as one of their group. But just like you, there are a few that I can think of where I've had encounters or lack thereof where you're just like, what is wrong with you that you have to just put your blinders on and treat me like I'm not here in my own damn house? Yeah. I mean... And do you feel like it's to the point where if you were in the room alone together, he still wouldn't talk to you? Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, especially now that everybody's got a phone in their hand, it would just be sitting on the corner of the couch staring at your phone, hardcore, <laughs> pretending I'm not there. Yeah. It's it's so rude. It is rude and disrespectful, quite frankly. Especially since, like I said, most of these encounters have been in my own house. You come into my house, you eat my food, you take my husband. <laughs> you take him. <laughs> and you can't even acknowledge my presence with a hello. Right. And I think that 
that is what makes it so bad for us awkwards is it's already awkward enough to sit and have small talk. I don't know. Maybe people are listening and they're like, well, shouldn't you be grateful that they're not forcing you to do small talk? I know we we already said we're fickle creatures. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that even amps the awkward level up because you know this isn't in my head. This person doesn't want me to be in the room with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my perception, you know, when I'm in an elevator with someone, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't care that I'm there. Mm-hmm. This person who refuses to make eye contact with me, who is a close friend of my significant other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And even though we've been pretty, like, boisterous and opinionated on this podcast, we've already established that... It's because in reality, we're sitting here with in silence with that other person thinking, well, who am I that I should force myself upon them and make them listen to any garbage that I have to say? They're, you know, what, what interesting thing would I have to say that I should make them listen to? Well, and I feel like both of our go-to isn't. To be like, okay, well, we're, we're here alone. Let me tell you about my week. It's questions about them. Right. It's, so, how's work? What are you up to these days? Like, you tell me about your life. And it, that, that even that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But one other thing I will address, if it wasn't already obvious, is this is just the opinion of two female human beings. Two of many And only from a female perspective. Right. From a straight female perspective at that. Yes. So I would be really interested if if you're a guy listening to this or if you're part of the LGBT community, I'd be really interested in that dynamic. So if you're listening to this and you're you're like been screaming at your radio or AirPods or wherever you're listening to this and, and you're thinking... But what about this? And what about that? And, well, yeah, you said this, but you're not thinking about that part. I would be really interested in, to hear those different perspectives right. from our listeners. Because I will openly admit, I, I realize that there are two or more sides to every story. Yeah. This topic is so broad. I mean, you could probably make a podcast only on this. Yeah. There's so much to say. I mean, we've said maybe... Less than a fraction of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, we and we haven't really set out to solve, <laughs> you know, f- female inequalities <laughs> or anything like that. It was really just, like we said at the beginning, a lot more anecdotal and sharing stories, being very transparent about how I, me anyway, I really don't know how I feel about a lot of things. It depends on the situation and it depends on when you're asking me. There are some days... You could ask me a question about how women are being treated or should be being treated or what should and shouldn't be said. And I'd be like, we are strong female women and fuck everybody who doesn't think so. And, you know, everything should be 100% even. And then the next day I'd be like, well, and and I was I was sitting there crying at my desk and all of my male coworkers were ignoring me because... The one guy, I was just standing there, and he didn't open the door. (laughs) So, I, you know, that's all this is about. Yeah. And I would also like to add, to all you men out there, 
when I'm in the workplace, I do not want to be sexually harassed or nearly raped unless Jamie from Outlander is there (laughs) to save me. So I think that's unlikely, so please don't. (laughs) But we also probably wouldn't complain if you gave us a little bit of attention regardless. Yeah. But don't take it too far and don't touch our lips. Just know the boundaries, the invisible boundaries that we're giving you right now. It's not that hard. It's duh. And therein lies the issue. And this is why I feel bad for a lot of the men. (laughs) I apologize for nothing. (laughs) So Chrissy, after having discussed a small fraction of some of the awkwardness that is just purely related to our genitalia, do you feel like you're any closer to being cured of your awkwardness? No, I don't think this episode did a whole lot for that. (laughs) I'm being honest, this meeting wasn't very productive (laughs) as far as curing me of my awkwardness. If anything, I think that it's making me be more like, yeah, I should be able to go into a a car part store and be awkward and they shouldn't judge me for it. (laughs) (laughs) They shouldn't be. They're just going to lean more into it. I'm going to lean more into it when it comes to this. What about you? Are you cured? No, I'm not cured. I think having talked about this out loud hasn't really helped me with my awkwardness, although I am developing a little bit more of a sympathy for men maybe who really do have good intentions and are sort of getting caught up in some of the rigmarole of the world today. The thing I'll say is, you know who you are. Right. If you're being an asshole and you're making excuses... You know who you are. Right. But I'm talking about the people who genuinely are just, like, they're just doing what they, they're they're not doing anything wrong. And they're just being stuffed in a box. Exactly. And so just talking through this, I guess I just, I feel for that situation. And it just sucks to be on your best behavior and attempt not to rock the boat and still get accused of that. Right. All right. Well, bye. (laughs) Bye. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of Awkward's Anonymous. We hope you were comforted to know that you're not the only one thinking those evil thoughts, feeling those crazy feels, or being inappropriately awkward. More than anything, we hope you were entertained. And of course, one of the most important things this podcast can do is to help you meet and support others who thought they were alone. We know it might be one of the hardest things you've ever done, dear introverts, but be bold, be brave, and introduce yourself. Tell us what's on your mind. What has your awkward ass been struggling with this week? Tell us a funny story. We're convinced we're not the only ones dealing with these seemingly irrational feelings and awkward behavior, so neither are you. We'd love to share what you have to say on this podcast just to prove it. And remember, you guys are in control of how many people we reach. Share, follow, like, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback is everything to growing a network of weirdos supporting other weirdos. Email us with anything you want to share at awkwardsanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at awkwardsanonymouspodcast. Meet with us every Tuesday to discuss all the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and wacky behavior we experience as awkwards. And really anything else we'd never normally say out loud. Can't wait to hear from you. Bye! I am all over the place. I don't know what my problem is. I cannot <laughs> think of words. <laughs> I didn't say anything about your legs. I said your face. Your face <laughs> is beautiful. The rest, I have 
the rest of my body is just a mess. She's whatever the opposite of a butterface is. <laughs> now that I've been properly, I was about to say fluffed, but that's not the right word. <laughs> I did not just know. <laughs> she didn't fluff me. She didn't fluff me. <laughs> All right, so that was a pretty fun episode. <laughs> that was a okay. So bye. No, I think that us just like going off on the little tangent is okay. you know you can fade out. Bye. Goodbye. Like that? No. I <laughs>